This was an idea over 13 years ago that Ann Thomas came up with, and we all looked at each other and said, that's a really good idea. Welcome in to the 13th annual Women Who Lead. Let's give us all a round of applause because we all deserve it here as we are spending some time at the beautiful Joe Muir's here in the Renaissance Center. Thank you, Joe and Rosalie and uh, the Vicaris, and, of course, Brother John as well, and the whole team that's here helping us out for this very special occasion. Lots of WJR family members here, too. We might talk with them or about them along the way, but we are loaded with great women who lead and our honorees. And we start off with somebody that I feel like I'm in the family. It's the Ahe family. You've heard me talk about Ahe Jewelers forever. We are very pleased to welcome our first honoree for the 2023 Women Who Lead, Pamela Ahe Thomas. <laughs> Thank you very much, Paul. It's an honor to be here. Oh, my God. It is our honor to have you here. Uh, you have been an innovator in jewelry design all of your life. You're the lead designer for Edmund T. Ahe Jewelers crafting exquisite creations that commemorate the benchmark of life's moments for their, well, you've got your base in Metro Detroit, and you're never leaving there, that's for sure. Uh, you've got incredible craftsmanship, meticulous attention to detail, one-of-a-kind originality, and you've won awards for your jewelry creation. Tell me about just a couple of them. They've been pretty big, national, international awards. Yes, well, I've been very fortunate to have won um, an International Platinum Award and um, some other awards also. See, she's so, <laughs> she's so shy about this. You know, she's not going to blow her own horn. Let me blow it for her. She is incredible. Her creations sparkle. They are uniquely individual. Uh, and if you're lucky enough to receive one of her handmade creations from Ahe Jewelers, you're a very lucky person. Was there ever a thought that you wouldn't join mom and dad in the jewelry business? Um, well, originally, I, I started working when I was in high school during the summer, and um, that was just my summer job. And when I went to college, I was an art major and actually was kind of leaning towards doing maybe some art education. And one summer, I was working and kind of did some drawings and we created them in the shop and I thought oh this is fun I wonder <laughs> and, I, I mean what would it feel like to sketch a, a, a concept right. and then have your brothers put it together I don't know with wax first and right, then pouring exactly. the, the gold or silver that's kind of how it happened and when I saw the whole creative process and to see it come to life I thought, I think this is where I need to be, and that's where I've been. You've been hooked ever since, <laughs> right. and it is uh, where you need to be and where you've been ever since. And the, uh, it's just beautiful to see the work that you do, and it, it certainly is, knowing you as I do, Pamela, that it's very rewarding work, isn't it? It's very rewarding, especially when I do something custom for uh, a client that comes in and maybe has jewelry from a loved one that's passed on, and they want to keep these memories, but they want to recreate it and to see the joy in their face when they come in and are able to, to wear something. I, I think everyone enjoys beautiful jewelry. Yes, they do. But when you can step back and be the creator right. of this one-of-a-kind piece, there's never been one like it before. There never will yeah. be another one like it again. Right. That's got to be incredibly fulfilling. And it then, is. as you say... It must be wonderful when you present it to the person or the person gets it presented as a gift and they come in for an adjustment or something else. What a feeling that must be. Yeah, it is. It's very, very rewarding, and it gives me great joy. I have a lot of um, clients from years ago that come in and still show me, look, remember when you did this for me? I still wear it, and I get compliments on it, and that's what, that's what brings me great joy. And I bet you remember every piece. I do. <laughs> <laughs> as many as there have been from when mom and dad, dad specifically, because mom was busy raising right. all these kids. She was. But dad started in his uncle's bowling alley. Yes, he did. And if you think to yourself, what, what Edmund T. Ahe Jewelers is today, Ahe Jewelers on Mack Avenue and Gross Point, which what you think of what they are today, and you look around this beautiful showroom, which you've tweaked and made bigger and have the Patek Philippe uh, area and uh, all the different things that you have there. Uh, when you think 
it started in a bowling alley. You almost can't believe it. Right. It is. I know. Yep. In the big, in the front of his uncle's bowling alley, a little case as it started. And what it, How many years ago? Um, 76. 76 years 76. ago. 76. How incredible. How yes. spectacular. Yes. So uh, are we into the third generation or fourth? A little bit of the fourth, actually. Oh, We've got the third there, but actually I, I do have a grandson that starts uh, started working in the summertime, so that's the fourth generation. All so, the kids all yeah. the kids started when they were very young, yes, as, as you yes, did. Yes, we did. We all started in... And by the way, I know this. I wasn't yes. around, but I know they didn't walk around saying, hey, I'm uh, I'm an A-he, <laughs> yeah. so you have to treat me differently. Your no. dad and oh, your yeah. mom oh. would have gotten that out of you quickly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My father was very tough. He, he he made sure we worked very hard, and we started at the bottom. So. And and did all the different uh, jobs. Oh, yes. So yes. that you oh, completely yeah. <laughs> understand every aspect of the jewelry business, which yeah. is what makes Edmund T. Yehi Jewelers, so very special. Look, there are big chains out there, but there's one Edmund T. Yehi Jewelers, and you get that kind of family feeling that you can't get at a chain jewelry store. That's a fact. There's no miscommunication. It's not passed on to five other people before somebody actually makes it. The person who's going to make that piece of jewelry, you, for example, right. are there to hear right from the person asking for it. Now, that's not to say... You don't have great uh, names. You've got – tell us some of the fabulous names that you right. have that you carry. Right. Oh, as you had mentioned, Patek Philippe, Cartier, David Yerman, Mickey Moto, Roberto Coyne. I mean, the list just, goes on yeah. and on. Well, this is world-class jewelry. It is why people, and people like me, can be in Switzerland and see a Swiss watch and call back to the Ahi family and say, can you get this watch? Right. Yes. All right, I'm going to buy it from you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Instead thank of you. buying it right there in Switzerland. But that's yeah. because people uh, are loyal to you because you're loyal to the people. Yeah, we try to be. We try to do our best. You've helped so many people in so many ways. Uh, it just gives us great joy to add you to a very long list starting in 2011 uh, this wonderful award that Ann Thomas came up with and uh, and we all embraced immediately said, wow, what a great idea, Women Who Lead. And our recipient for 2023, Miss Pamela Ahe Thomas. Thank you. God bless you, Pamela. Thank you. There's your award right there. It's beautiful. What, here, read, to, read, because we have a second before our break. What's it say right on there? Women Who Lead recognizes Pamela Ahe Thomas, lead designer, Ahe Jewelry, 2023 honoree, WJR. It's a beautiful award, and God bless you for that. Uh, you, you have earned it. Thank you. Pamela. As have the women that we're about to uh, introduce over the next two hours here. A special edition of the Paul W. Smith Focus Show on the 2023 Women Who Lead honorees. Thanks, Joe and Rosalie, Vicari, Brother John, the whole team here at Joe Muir Seafood. As we move on to our next recipient, ladies and gentlemen, our next recipient for the 2023 Women Who Lead honor goes to Caitlin Riney. Caitlin Riney, the founder and CEO of George Gregory Men's Clothing Store, with a very proud father taking a very good picture right now, maybe video, I don't know, but Bob Riney, you might know him as the CEO of Henry Ford Health, but it doesn't matter today because right now he's here for his beautiful daughter and this wonderful award, and Sandy would be here as well if she weren't traveling. But congratulations, Caitlin. And how did a girl like you end up deciding to start a men's clothing store like George Gregory. Well, first off, thank you so much for the award and nomination. It is an honor to be here with so many other inspiring women. Uh, a girl like me ended up in a men's clothing store from a massive family of male cousins and uh, two older <laughs> brothers as well. And the store is named after those and brothers. The, this store is named after those brothers. Um, so that is how I got my foot in the door with men's fashion, but also moving back from Chicago and realizing that Detroit had very, very, very little casual menswear to offer, and I stepped in. And and I want to make that point again. She moved here from Chicago in 2016 at a time when we were losing a lot of our kids to Chicago. They were leaving here and going to Chicago. You came back here, you just said, because you noticed there wasn't uh, many, there weren't many men's clothing stores, finer men's clothing stores to choose from. 
Absolutely. And there was so much uh, press and motivation around the city and how it was growing. And my parents have always been super involved in the city. So I was very, very inspired to come back and start something of my own and make a name for myself. Well, doing that uh, at 1422 Michigan Avenue in Corktown uh, has been a growing process because Corktown's been in a growing process. And just now the opening of the Godfrey Hotel just across the street, that should be pretty good. Yeah, we're really, really excited. When I first moved in, there was not much around. I have my lovely neighbors with me, Detroit Dye House, who moved in a year after me. And then we had the two restaurants, McShane's and Otava Villa. But other than that, it was us holding down the fort um, on our block. So we are more than ecstatic to see the Godfrey open and very, very ready for the impulse of traffic that comes with that. And this is good timing for you to get this uh, 2023 Women Who Lead honor because Heck, your store just turned, if I have this right, turned six last week. It sure did. Yes, six years. Absolutely. And what's changed from when you opened your doors to six years later? What did you have to kind of twist and shout about? Oh, the list never ends of twisting and shouting. Um, But the community has grown every year more and more, and that is without a doubt what has kept me in the game and will continue to keep me in the game. Corktown is such a tight-knit group and everyone is after the same goal. I say that for the city as well as everyone wants to see people putting in the work succeed um, and as long as you can con- continue to do that there is a group of cheerleaders behind you. Our honoree, uh, the CEO of George Gregory, Caitlin Riney, spending some time with us this afternoon. Tell me about the store. Tell me what we'll find walking into your store. Yeah, so it's um, curated for men, meant for everyone. Uh, A lot of button downs, a lot of sweaters. Uh, We specialize in our denim. And then we've transformed the store in a lot of home goods as well. So a lot of candles and incense, socks are a big thing for us. So it's casual wear as far as you could go on a date. You could do a Friday drink. You could do any weekend wear. Um, It's shifting a little bit with the hotel that's opening so we're going to be carrying cufflinks and ties and stuff that people forget when they travel that's a, a lot. great idea yeah absolutely. having traveled a lot and forgotten a yeah lot, yeah it's, absolutely it's, it's, and even as far as like toothbrushes and toothpaste and stuff you just don't think about uh when you travel and you're like oh shoot um i need it so we're right across the street right for you i'm happy to see you carry sizes small mm-hmm. all the way to triple xl yeah absolutely so you're, you're covering all of us i'm trying to cover as much base as i can yep well you certainly are are doing that and and this is a maybe no one's ever asked you this question what socks do you carry what brands because you said socks you carry socks yeah peter harlow richard poor um there's a sock company called um blanking right now it's UK brand. Okay, because um, nobody's ever asked you. No what one's socks ever. Yeah, Rototo, which is a Japan-based company. Uh, they're a new sock company for us with the most luxurious fabric. Uh, but yeah, we carry about six different sock brands. Well, and and that's important for those of us who care about things like that. Absolutely. I know there are some guys that throw on whatever socks are there. They throw them on. Absolutely. But yeah. if you really get into really good socks, it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. We have a massive, massive round table that is constantly stocked of socks i'm gonna come in just to see the absolutely socks do absolutely because not enough people pay close attention to socks and they're very very important what else can you tell us business casual office night out with the friends what, what am i missing anything no you're not missing a ton so it's really everything but i try to say it's everything but suits we don't do suits um so it won't be any wedding attire unless it's a casual wedding but everything else, I pretty much can. When, can when you find say you fit. don't do suits, do you do sport coats? I don't do sport coats, okay. so that also may be a little bit of a shift as the hotel expands. Uh, right now, we're not doing sport coats, but I have a couple brands that I'm talking to as far as next year. Can't go wrong, my opinion. Yeah. Can't go wrong with a good blue sport coat. I totally agree. Especially with people across the street. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, I forgot this. I actually had ownership in a men's clothing store many, many lifetimes oh, ago. You did. It was called Bachelor Quarters. Okay. I never <laughs> thought about that until just now. <laughs> but that's, I did a lot of things over the years. Absolutely. Uh, some I regret, some I'm <laughs> very happy about. But, but I, I, I would say, and I'm glad you agree, a good blue sport coat can take you anywhere yeah totally and i think we would have got there 
already, but then COVID hit and no one went to work and everyone worked from home. And yeah. it was, we went from business casual to totally casual. So now we're just working our way back up to that. Well, thank goodness you didn't have to eat 500 suits that you had in the back right? room. I know. Tell me about <laughs> it. I was very grateful for that. A lot of clothiers had to do that. What would you, what advice would you give to another young person uh, who wants to start their own business? Keep going. I've, I, I say it all the time. There were so many times that I wanted to quit and probably will continue to want to quit. But surround yourself with people that inspire you. Let them cheer you on. Let them ins- let them keep you going. And I promise you one day your store will turn six and then it's seven and eight and continue on. Now, you want it to turn six and seven and eight, mm-hmm. but you're not looking to have six or seven or eight stores? I'm not. Not right now. Um, maybe another store in the near future, but I really enjoy the community base of having one store and focusing on that and pouring all of my energy into there. I think that's very wise, uh, wise uh, uh, beyond your years. All growth is not always good growth, I say I have sat across from people who had a great idea, had a great concept, and I would say to them off air, now I'll say it on air, don't grow too quickly quickly. because I've seen those people grow right out of business. Mm -hmm. They had a fabulous concept for one store. Then they had two. Then they had three. I'd say slow down. Then they had six, and then they were out of business. Absolutely. And I think still, we're still waiting for Corktown to fully sure, far take f- off. Not, you're far from it. Far frankly. from it. Absolutely. Yeah. So until that kind of happens, um, Corktown, George Gregory is my baby, and that's where I will stick. Ladies and gentlemen, another 2023 woman who leads honoree. Let's hear it for Caitlin Riney. Congratulations, Caitlin. Thank you so much. We continue on the 2023 Women Who Lead Honoree Lunch at Joe Muir Seafood on WJR. Believe me, when she came up with the concept, we all embraced it immediately because we said, you know, why hadn't anyone thought of that before? But Ann did, and we appreciate that. We saw Tony Michaels uh, from the parade company here uh, offering his support just uh, moments ago. Um, And uh, Steve Finiteri, our boss, Steve Finiteri, is here. We appreciate that. A whole bunch of people from the radio station. I can't, I can't thank them all, but a lot of good people. And good people includes our next honoree. She is the president and CEO of Cornerstone Community Financial Credit Union. Let's say hello and congratulate Heidi Kassab. <laughs> Heidi, it is so nice to see you. Nice to have you here. Uh, I have to say right off the top, I haven't met that many female presidents of credit unions. Correct. I, I, I think that you are probably one of those trendsetters. You've uh, made a path, a pathfinder, if you will. And I understand that, that you feel it's very important to have mentorship for any other young women that are listening right now or here with us that want to be in this field. And, and maybe with your over 25 years of credit union experience, you can offer them that right now. You know, it's very important. I had a great mentor at a very young age uh, when I started as a co-op in high school that took interest in me and wanted to make sure that she instilled the value of how important it was to, you know, embrace your dreams and follow that and really make sure that nothing stopped you. And I think that's very important. Um, It is tougher in the uh, credit union world, even the banking world, to make it I guess, to the top. And it's very important to make sure that we prevent or we prevent or, or help pre- preserve that for the future leaders because um, we need more females at the top for this is a different diversity that we bring into our skill set. And you started young and you became a credit union intern in high school. That's high school. starting young. Uh, uh, then a credit union auditor. And then finally, a credit union executive to now president and CEO Mm -hmm. of Cornerstone Community Financial Credit Union. Uh, And you've received a lot of honors. And I'm not going to make you, Sam. Luckily, I have them listed here, a couple of them at least. Uh, Very industry-specific honors like the Radden Crystal Award and the Bauer Five Star Rating Awards. Also, this one I know very well, uh, you were named in Crane's 40 Under 40 in 2004 and Crane's Notable Women in Finance in 2018. So you have been uh, lauded in what you do. What would your suggestion be to those women that you'd like to mentor? Um, Do they call you? Do they get in touch? What do they do to get a mentorship like you and like yours? 
You know, I, some of them do, and I think uh, it's very important to make sure that we recognize when we see someone moving up in the industry. You know, we do that in our own organization. I'm proud to say that my senior leadership team is is very dominated by females, uh, making sure that they have the tools and what they need to have that great work-life balance to make sure that they feel appreciated at work, but knowing that when something does come up at home, they need to they need to be able to deal with that and work with that, and knowing that their industry that they're in can support them and grow their career. Heidi Kassab with us. I, I, I have noticed, because I try to pay attention um, to a lot of things, um, and one of the things I've noticed, I think, is from the time you were a credit union intern in high school till now being the president and CEO of Cornerstone Community Financial Credit Union, is that your business has changed drastically. Oh, my gosh. Credit unions are completely different completely. now. Completely. We, we, they were very much known to be very industry-specific. So you would uh, get employed somewhere, and then you would open this little account somewhere, and it would be kind of your side money that you would put there that no one knew about. And people really started to recognize that we are full-service financial institutions. Absolutely. Providing the technology they need in all stages of their life, from when now as a small child all the way through their life, whether it's lending or saving, financial counseling, helping them get that first loan, that first mortgage. And people have really come to believe that the credit union, like we are, are we are in their corner and we can support them through that and providing the financial tools they need in their life and even in their family's lives. And at, at a time when we're hearing so much about higher interest rates, mm-hmm. you and I remember when they were much higher, frankly, but they're much higher than they were the yeah. last several years, but you're still doing business every day. You know, it's amazing. Uh, We are seeing such resiliency in the market. You know, it it changes every day, and people are watching those mortgage rates. I think that's what we're setting the the bar by is, you know, how high will they go, how low will they go. But we are very much um, telling people that if it is that first house they want to buy, that the nice thing with the mortgage is you can always refinance, but you can't rebuy your life passion of that house so we're here for them and to take advantage of the market where it's at and then come back to us as soon as the rates do change because we know with the economy that this isn't going to stay forever Um, will we get as low as the rates we had maybe not but i think it's all built on the economy so we're very encouraged by what we're seeing Um, we have great savings rates right now for those people to take advantage of but you know we are here for them and i think we have to put that you know positiveness back hit me with your great savings rate approximately i know these things Um, change believing you can get well over five percent right now what on a certificate you can and that's what's so hard because when you see that um i guess it gives a little idea why the mortgage rates are where they're at so i think there's just it's just a different stage we're at right now we went for a long time we were about borrowing buying our cars buying our houses now it's it's shifted a little bit now it's talking about savings and we're seeing a little bit of erosion because people are spending a little bit more for what they used to pay for so we're there working with them to make sure they have the right financial tools to succeed ladies and gentlemen please join me in congratulating our 2023 women who leads honoree heidi kassab thank you so much thank you heidi We continue many more to meet at 1242 on WJR. And thanks again. I thanked him yesterday when we had Mitch on the show with his, uh, he's got a brand new book out that we, uh, that we talked about and where he's going to be. Go to MitchAlbum.com. I think is your best bet to uh, get more information on where he's going to be signing books. It's a great holiday present, but we want to thank Mitch too. Uh, for providing everyone with a delicious bag of his browned bag popcorn with all the profits going to Mitch's Say Detroit Charities. Of course, Say Detroit supports the citizens in the Detroit area from seniors, working moms, kids, veterans, and those most in need of help. Support the cause. Send a tin of brown bag popcorn to clients, friends, and family this holiday season. They deliver anywhere in the USA. You go to brownbagpopcorn.com, brownbagpopcorn.com to get started. They also make it really easy for you to coordinate and send larger orders at brownbagpopcorn.com forward slash pledge, or you can email Michael, Michael at brownbagpopcorn.com for personal service, Michael. And uh, everyone today receiving a fabulous bag, brown bag popcorn. This is the gourmet popcorn, a mix of caramel and cheese popcorn. Mm. Be sure to grab one of those on your way out. That'll be excellent. I am happy to welcome our next honoree. Let's give a warm round of applause 
for our next 2023 Women Who Lead honoree, and that is Lenora Hardy Foster. Lenora Hardy Foster, it's a pleasure meeting you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to meet you as well. And, you know, I just want to thank WJR for this recognition. I am truly honored to be recognized with all of these other great women. So You've earned you. this, and that's nice of you to say. They've all earned this, in, of course. And you are the CEO of the Judson Center. Now, we have heard about the Judson Center. We've helped raise money for the Judson Center. Uh, you've been around uh, almost 100 years. Not you, but, <laughs> but the Judson Center. But there are people listening right now who may not exactly know what the Judson Center is and what you do. So let's teach them. Yes, so you're right about that. We opened the doors back in 1924, so we're getting ready next year to celebrate 100 years. And we started out as an orphanage in 1924, and over the years we've expanded. Uh, we have four core areas of service delivery, uh, foster care and adoption, disabilities, autism, and integrated care that includes behavioral health, primary health care, and substance use disorder. So we've done a lot of work over these 99 years that we've been in business. We opened the doors right there in Royal Oak, the corner of 13 Mile and Greenfield, and we remain there to this day. Hmm. However, we do have 10 other locations that are spread over five counties. Wow. So a pr pretty large footprint. You've grown a lot. Yes, we have. That's great because the need is great. When you were talking, uh, Lenora Hardy Foster, MBA, the president and CEO of the Jetson Center, you talk about the center providing foster care, adoption, behavioral health, primary health care, substance use disorder, autism, disability services. When I think of all you do for 99 plus years, I try to imagine where we'd be without you. And it's not a pretty picture, is it? Not at all. Absolutely. It wouldn't be pretty at all. And one of the things we have to look at, too, over these last three years, we all have been living through the pandemic. And none of us was prepared for that. Mm -mm. So we think about the over 13,000 children, adults, and families that we serve annually. Their lives were really impacted. So all of those services really did increase in volume because people really needed Judson Center. Judson Center serving 13,000 people annually. Where's the money come from? The money comes from a, a variety of different sources. You know, we, we bill Medicaid. We receive other third-party reimbursements through insurance companies. We have grants with the state. We receive dollars from foundations. We have federal funds. So um, just, just an array of different type of resources to help support the services we provide. Lenora, it, it sounds to me like maybe a lot of your time is spent just trying to get that funding in order and making sure you can continue to do what you do. Yes, that is so true. You know, being a nonprofit, first of all, we're never able to receive 100% of revenues to cover our costs. So we, we have to heavily rely on fundraising, you know, in order to bring in dollars to cover gaps. So, so yes. Anything coming up we should know about? That well, you, we're coming into the holidays. Well, so. let me tell you what just happened. This past Friday night uh -huh. on November 3rd, we were at the Henry. We had our annual gala event, which was extremely successful. We had over 400 guests. Oh, good. We reached our goal, and you're always so happy when that can happen. Sure. But let me tell you what's coming up. So next year, in 2024, we are celebrating our centennial year, so 100 years of being in business. We've already confirmed our date, Friday, November 1st, 2024, once again at the Henry, and it will truly be a night to remember. So you folks uh, who know about Judson Center or are just learning about Judson Center right now, and you don't want to miss out on what I think is going to be one heck of a shebang. Absolutely. It'll be Friday, November 1st of 2024 at the Henry. And where should they go? What the, should they do to, A, know more about what you guys do at uh, Judson Center and how they might help? And to sign up for this next year's uh, event. I want you to sell it out. Oh, we want to sell it out, too. We do. And they can go to our website at www.judsoncenter.org. And all the information regarding this past week, successful gala, is on that website. And we're starting the post 
the upcoming event for next year. Beautiful. Yes. That's www. I don't know. We never say that anymore. You but don't say that anymore. No, I don't know why we just don't say JudsonCenter.org. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know why. But that, it, I guess if you if you just put in JudsonCenter.org, you're going to get there. You don't need the www. So, but so we, let's I, just say. I, it just <laughs> no. But we always still say it. It's JudsonCenter.org. Yes. And you'll find out about the great party coming up Friday, November first, twenty twenty four, at the Henry, and it's going to be a big one because it's their one hundredth anniversary. And heck, just this. Uh, November 3rd, this past November 3rd, they had a big celebration that was successful. You can only imagine how big and better the 100th anniversary will be. With that thought in mind, please, let's give another round of applause of our latest Women Who Lead honoree, Lenora Hardy Foster from the Judson Center. God bless you. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. And you know, any way WJR can help along the way, we always will. We really appreciate that. Coming up, more Women Who Lead in our very special lunch here at the fabulous Joe Muir Seafood. Thank you, Joe and Rosalie Vicari and Brother John, as we continue. And thank you to General Motors for their sponsorship. We appreciate that. And to Ann Thomas for coming up with the concept of women who lead. She is a woman who leads. Hey, another woman who leads. Denise Illich is celebrating her birthday today. Happy birthday to you, uh, Denise Illich. And we're at the Women Who Lead luncheon at Joe Muir Seafood in the Renaissance Center. Thanks to Joe and Rosalie Vicari and Brother John Vicari and uh, the whole team that's here doing a nice job. Tomorrow, uh, we'll be on the road again. And thanks to the good folks at uh, NECA, we'll be doing it in the boardroom that you it, it's closed, but it's open to listen to. And we want you to listen in. Uh, we're going to have a really great show there from noon to 2, brought to you by Nika, Tom Middlebrun, the whole team there, they, they just do a great job. We love our relationship with them. More on that tomorrow. But today, we are honoring some great women in our 13th, I believe, 13th annual Women Who Lead event. First time, it's a luncheon. We did it at the ungodly hour of 6 o'clock in the morning in the past because that's when the host worked. But now the host is working noon to 2 and thrilled to have this be the Women Who Lead lunch. With that thought in mind, let's welcome our next honoree, the CEO of the Peacock Rooms, the founder and CEO, Rachel Lutz. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. And I love your little plume, I, which is perfect for a place called the Peacock Room. Well, I, I love that these headphones didn't mess with my hair feathers, so well, thank I, you. I, f I feel the same way every day <laughs> when I put my headphones on. I hope it doesn't mess with my feathers. But meanwhile, uh, here we are. Anybody here not know what the Peacock Room is? Raise your hand. Well, A, a few uh, gentlemen are raising I, their I, hands. That's, I'm astonished that that many people actually know because uh, it's in the Fisher Building. And I didn't think that many people got into the Fisher Building to, uh, to, to shop. Well, we have, we have wonderful shops in the Fisher Building. There's Mature. They actually just had their grand opening of their new storefront. Uh, there's Shy vs. Bold. There's a store. There's been, what? There's uh, Shy vs. Bold. There's the Fashion Place, which I've been shopping at since I was six years old when I would visit my parents' business on the mezzanine. I'm actually a second-generation Fisher Building tenant. Oh, that's um, you know, new hair salon. When, I, when, I'm, when I'm in the Fisher Building, which isn't as often as it used to be, but I, you take the same path every day the main lobby to the parking lot, and I knew the little store that's gone, and I don't know why it's gone. We Gallery of Contemporary Craft. Well, yes. this is, no, this was a little store where you'd pick up water or cigars oh. or... Yes, there was a tobacconist. Yes, there was a, a long gone. store, yes. And yep, then there was, some heads nodding. to the left, there was a, always a restaurant. There must have been six of them from the time I was working there. And the one, <laughs> the one thing they all had in common is when you went down to the basement, there was a vault when the vault, big vault door was still there. It, it's still there. <laughs> it's still there. I mean, it was built to last. So you're mis <laughs> I, I, will, I will say. I should turn left down that other hallway. <laughs> you should. But even if you don't need women's clothing. Which I don't admit to. Well, and if you do, we, we serve everyone. Uh -huh. But the Peacock Room, we are very proud that we did a full restoration of the final, uh, fully intact storefront in the Fisher Building from the 1920s. Really? It's beautiful. Well, yeah, so I, I will stop in and see it. The, the Fisher Building itself is a showstopper, but we love when people come in and admire the architecture. And, of course, when they need a dress size 0 to 22, all proportions, we love serving women in the city, and that's what I'm really And I have about. a feeling that for those people who have grown tired of the 
declining customer service and maybe even limited size availability for women, they must love your store. We, we feel very privileged to dress people. It's very old school. When I was in high school, I worked alongside women who retired after decades of service at Jacobson's and Hudson's. Oh, my goodness. So that's what we really model ourselves after. And I think in this day and age where a lot of people will just, you know, go online, uh, you know, buy women's clothing, the return rate in our industry is between 60 to 80 percent. So you think it saves you time, but really people love coming in interacting with what they can see and feel for themselves and walking out. What, what was it? Say it again. I think you touched on this. We're spending time with the founder and CEO of the Peacock Rooms, the Rachel Lutz, who is being honored as one of our women who lead. What did you say inspired you to, to, to open a dress store? Because I hate shopping and I don't like the fashion industry. So I really wanted to serve women who felt that they don't really – belong in the mall setting or at other boutiques that weren't catering to them. So uh, we had a woman walk in the other day. She had given birth three months ago and she had a special family wedding to attend and she really wasn't feeling great about herself. And she came in uh, after spending hours at, you know, the local malls um, and she came in, we dressed her. She felt amazing. And when you put, when you put the right outfit on somebody and they walk out prouder, they walk out, you can see on their face how they feel, what it's done to their posture. It's a really empowering thing for women to walk out like that, and you feel like you've given them armor for the world. Isn't that fabulous? It's, I love the way you look feeling. at it, and, <laughs> and it must be so fulfilling to help people achieve that. That's just incredible. What about eyeglasses? You've got very special eyeglass wear. Do you have eyeglass wear at the we, store? We have eyeglasses. I got this at a local small business. I only shop independent. So these actually came from Spectacle Society in Corktown, which is not far from Caitlin Rennie's store, George well, that, Gregory. Oh, there you are. <laughs> it's a small world after all. You know what? It, it's a very small world in Detroit. It's a small town. A lot of small businesses here feel like we don't compete with each other. We complement each other. We collaborate with each other. So I love also promoting other small businesses and small shops in the city. We have all this wonderful job creation that's happened in the city in the last few years. We need to make those dollars sticky so that they stay in Detroit neighborhoods. They stay in our area. So preventing people from shopping online, giving them wonderful things that they need right in their own neighborhoods, it really also helps keep all that economic development right here in our neighborhoods. Oh, my gosh. You, 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 you have several things that you're accomplishing with your store. What did, you ever, did you ever do anything else? Um, I, I wanted to go into radio. Oh, my I, gosh. I have a journalism background. <laughs> but really, um, I wanted to go into public service. I went to Wayne State University. Um, my first major was in political science, but really retail is public service. And I love listening to what people need. And my, my team is amazing. My team loves listening and helping give people what will serve them best. Well, you've, I, I think, frankly, we're lucky that you answered this calling. And I get the impression from you that you're very happy that you answered this calling and that you've been doing what you're doing and helping women and and all the extras that you talked about job creation keeping people here instead of having them go elsewhere and keeping people shopping local i love family businesses shop at a local family business if you can uh, all of that is very admirable thank you it's a privilege to do what i do and i'm very lucky to have the team that i have at the peacock room to do it well you know what we're lucky to have you thank you the <laughs> peacock for, room thanks for having in me. the fisher building Ladies and gentlemen, our latest 2023 Women Who Lead honorees, Rachel Lutz. God bless you, Rachel. Good job. Thank you. Keep up the good work as we continue on WJR. What an honor it is every year to do this. This is the first year we've done it at lunchtime because of my new hours, noon to two, and I'm happy uh, to be here at this uh, hour of the day. It's just a lot easier than in the morning, and the lunch is very civilized, I think. Breakfast was great, too. Anything's great here at Joe Muir Seafood in the Renaissance Center. Thanks to Joe and Rosalie Vicari and uh, brother John Vicari and the whole team here. And our WJR team, starting with Ann, who came up with the idea 13 years ago. This is our 13th annual uh, Women Who Leave. We broadcast every one of them. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to uh, announce and welcome our next honoree for the 2023 Women Who Lead. Please welcome 
Dr. Nishta Sareen. Thank you, Paul. It's nice to have you here. It's an honor to be here. I, I want to tell our listeners that this young woman is an interventional cardiologist at Ascension Medical Group in Saginaw. She graduated Harvard Medical School with high honors. She trained for interventional cardiology at Mount Sinai Medical Center in New York, receiving a master's degree in public health from the University of Nevada, selected as a representative for the American College of Cardiology, currently serving as the medical director of the Ascension Women Heart Center at Providence Southfield and bringing this role to Ascension St. Mary's in Saginaw. We are not worthy, doctor. <laughs> Congratulations, and God bless you for turning your talents into something that can help thousands of other people. Thank you, Paul. Um, it's absolutely an honor being here. I was listening to all the wonderful women who are here, and it's extremely inspiring. Um, but it doesn't take a person to do all of this or to accomplish uh, improvement in heart health in women. It takes a village, if I may. Oh, there you are. The old uh, Hillary's line, it takes a village. I like the line, just not the person who gave it. But anyway, um, <laughs> you think I'm going to now, after all these years, not be honest? Um, I've met her several times, okay? I like her husband. I'm not big on all of his politics, but he's a very likable guy. She did not learn that skill from him. Anyway... <laughs> Dr. Nishta Serene, back to the serious conversation here, and that is this. Why did it take us so long in medicine to realize that women were having heart problems just as much as men? Why, why was that missed? So the problem, what's very interesting is that we've known about it. The bigger problem is why did it take us this long to start to make the change? Um, from the time we entered this room to the time all of us leave, 120 women would have died from heart disease. Heart disease is the biggest killer of women in the United States. It's a bigger killer than breast cancer. It's a six times bigger killer than breast cancer. Why? We've known about this for years. And the problem is the gaps, the, the numbers have not changed. And one of the issues that you know, we started to look at when we thought about improving heart health in women was as to what are the reasons. Um, one of the reasons is lack of advocacy. Um, and in today's world, if you don't have an advocate, you really don't exist. You need somebody to stand up and start speaking for you. Um, we started with the first center for women heart health that looked at heart disease in women and tried to address the issues that disproportionately affect women more compared to men. The first center was at Ascension Providence in Southfield. And over the time of 18 months, we had three additional centers. The second one in Borges, the third one in St. John in Detroit, and the fourth one in Saginaw. Hmm. Four centers serving each corner so that the care that we want to deliver is brought to their doorstep. The point, Paul, is to not let this be a luxury for every woman. If this is such a big killer, this care should be at their doorstep as a necessity available to them. Absolutely. If you said 120 women will die from the moment we came into this room to the moment we leave, that is astonishing. Is this possibly, Dr. Serene, one of the reasons you chose to go into this field? You looked at this inequity, this problem that you say we've known about for a long time but didn't do anything about until recently. Well, the, my going into cardiology um, was actually a choice that I made very young in life after, after spending some time with my dad, who's a pediatrician. Um, but my dad and mom had a lot to do with uh, destitutes back home in India, with orphans and with widows. And I knew I wanted to do something for people who were disproportionately not getting the care. But the Women Heart Health actually came in during my um, rotations and my learning of the field of medicine and cardiology. So it was an evolution over time. So you, you discovered it after you already decided, uh, with the guidance of your successful parents, to do the same. Uh, performing interventional cardiology procedures, helping prevent heart attacks and strokes, uh, including opening clogged coronary arteries. Do you feel strongly that we are close to or at a point right now where we can prevent heart attacks? 
Um, unfortunately, we're not close. A lot of work needs to be done. This is just the beginning. Uh, Paul, it's not going to be one person, one organization, um, or um, one group that can make a change. We have to do it together. Um, if every single person in this room today looks at one woman that they love and see, have we done everything for them? Have we actually thought about their health at any point? That would be the message that is going to start to make that difference. Well, you have a, a CEO of Henry Ford Health and, uh, and and Bob Riney, who's working very hard on a new hospital that we all are going to help chip in on. And, and for good heart health, I, I, I suspect you're paying very close attention to this, Robert, um, because you're right. It's not going to be one person. It's not going to be one organization. It's going to be all of you coming together. But you do need our support. Now, I'm not just talking about our interest and our financial help. You need our support, and very specifically in this case with what we're talking about, you need women to advocate for themselves far better than men ever have and come and see the doctor and, and not ignore warning signs that might be different from, for women than they are for men. What warning signs that any of the people in my audience on the radio, on WJR, or here in this room that they might see or, or notice that they may not know could mean they should go see someone about their heart. Can you share those? Absolutely. So the, the definition of heart attack that we know, the chest pain, going to the jaw, going to the arm, going to the back, 95% of people who were studied in those trials where they came up with this were men. Heart attack in women can just be dizziness, can be lightheadedness, can be palpitations, can be shortness of breath, can be just feeling tired. Um, a lot of women have these multiple symptoms and for years uh, have been diagnosed with psychological problems, psychiatric problems. 77% um, of women have, even they have a diagnosis of POTS, end up in a mental hospital before they get diagnosed. They have to see an average of seven physicians before being diagnosed with the condition and being treated. Today still? Today still. I have a patient in my clinic who got diagnosed with POTS and now finally she has returned to work after 19 years of not being able to work. Wow, that's just incredible. We do have a long way to go. We do, and if you think there is a problem, advocate for yourself, see the physicians, get your answers. Thank you for what you do advocating for all of us. Uh, just another special woman and a special reason that Dr. Nishta Serene is another of our 2023 Women Who Lead. Thank you. God bless you, doctor. Thank you. Thank you. We continue on WJR. It's a great uh, broadcast, a great day, that's for sure. And uh, seeing old friends and making new friends and celebrating all of these uh, very successful folks. There is an entire table for Gardner White. And, uh, and our old friend who used to work at WJR, Bridget Burns, is now a member of the Gardner White team. Good job. Mm -hmm. That was a good grab, Rachel Stewart. Rachel is the fourth generation president of her family's over 110-year-old Michigan company, Rachel Stewart of Gardner White. Now, you're an old friend, so this is, I love it. This is nothing new, but it's fine and good that we finally caught up with you to make you a woman who leads. <laughs> I mean, you've been doing this since 2012. I don't know. Let's not take ourselves too seriously, Paul. I'm not going to do that. A yeah. uh, fellow graduate of the University of Michigan. See, now there I'm proud. Me too. A degree in business administration uh, in 2002, a master of science degree in economics from the London School of Economics and Political Science. I've known you never knew that. You don't brag about any of this stuff. You have to learn to bring that stuff up. Like if somebody went to Harvard, they usually say... Uh, During my time in Cambridge? I'll get it. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> the first, yeah. first sentence, like, boy, it's really cold out. Yeah, it is cold. It kind of reminds me of Harvard Yard. <laughs> what? Um, but anyway, you've never said anything about the London School of Economics and bio? Political Science. You know, who do it? it could not be right. You know? I, I love it all. And Gardner White voted among the best places to work nationwide a number of years. Uh, Three years in a row. See, now there we're proud. Furniture. Did <laughs> we're going to take this show on the road. Let's do it. Let's okay. do that. Uh, in 2020, uh, Rachel committed to a three-year sponsorship of America's Thanksgiving Parade in Detroit. 
I thought you went even longer than that. 2031. Yeah, I thought it was longer. So you don't trust everything in writing. I can't trust everything <laughs> in writing. And Tony Michaels, the uh, the the uh, Wizard of Oz right, the and Ooze, the Grandmaster, was here a little while ago playing tribute. But you know what it is? Um, we already know that Gardner White's the place to go for the best deals on furniture, and there probably is a sale going on right now. I'm just guessing. Um, <laughs> Black Friday's coming. Yeah. And, uh, well, but, but people are giving sales before Black Friday. It's, Black Friday's now. Okay, so Black Friday's literally, now. The, literally what we're calling the sale. Okay. And mattresses and all the good things that we need to make our lives better, mm-hmm. and we should not deny ourselves the best mattresses that we can possibly get because that's just that's going without saying. But it's what you do. Uh, you were honored by the uh, Anti-Defamation League for your support of its mission to fight anti-Semitism. And boy, do we need that right now. Uh, secure justice and fair treatment for all. And this past month of October, you uh, teamed up to benefit the American Cancer Society and, and breast cancer awareness and teamed up with U of M. Well, I love teaming up with U of M. That's no secret. Yeah, this past month, we were really excited. Everyone knows October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So a uh, part of... Uh, every sale at Gardner White went to support breast cancer research and treatment. We're really proud about that. And another great uh, local component, see the genius of and works in everything. Uh, we also partnered with the Rogel Institute at the University of Michigan on breast cancer treatment and surgery. Um, and in particular, what I really liked that they're doing is they're really focusing, focusing on access. So we all know that UVM provides great care, but if you get a diagnosis, you want it now. And that is what they're focusing on uh, supporting and that's what our funds will do rachel stewart uh, as the head of this family great 110 year old family business gardner white furniture um, you just touched on something that you used very effectively in an advertising campaign and i want to know how the power of and <laughs> came up for you well the genius of and um i you know i loved when mac and i adopted it this past summer because i think we put it on air first mm-hmm. um and you know it, it's it's less an advertising campaign and more a philosophy. You don't have to choose. So for us, you know, Gardner White, it meant no, you can take a discount and get great promotions and, and get, get a great venture and set keep going. And <laughs> get a, yeah, yeah it, it's, you it's can like, have the whole room. It's astonishing <laughs> all the things you get when you buy your furniture at Gardner White. I don't know how you do it, but I'm glad that you do. Does, uh, let me ask her table here because uh, she's got the Gardner White table here. Mm-hmm. Um, does she always have this much energy and enthusiasm? I don't know if you want them to lie. I don't. I'm. They're telling the truth. I can tell when people are lying or telling the truth. Wait, go 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 to the table. You want to see enthusiasm? Forget me. Go there. Yeah, I I can see it and I can hear it, but it is contagious. And I don't think you even see it. I don't even think you notice that you speak faster than the average several people. I, I have been told. And and for the talk show host, I have to pay such close attention, or I'm going to miss something. <laughs> just saying. My grandmother's somewhere telling me to slow down. Yes. Okay. Where'd you pick that up? Got a lot to say. Got a lot to do. I don't. It's, I came out that way, Paul. Not enough time and so much to do. <laughs> no, no Anyone else in your family talk? Yeah, all quickly of them. like oh everybody. Yes. Try to get. I mean, that, actually, you want to know why? So, fourth generation business. The third generation were both of my parents, not just one. So, in addition to being a great retail education, you want to get a word in. You got to go fast. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> I, I believe that. Thank you for all you do that you don't need to do. You don't need to support the parade, but you do for years. And that is so important for everybody in Detroit, people who have never set foot in a Gardner White store. Shame on you. You should just to thank them for all the good th- <laughs> to thank them for all the good things that you've done in our community. Uh, I could go through every month and you're always doing something nice for people. And we appreciate that so much. So, you know, I will say when you buy local, it does make a difference. That's it, the difference. It does. And you are local. You are a local family owned and operated business. You're as big as any national chain would ever hope to be. But you are local. Mm-hmm. And so people should bear that in mind. And with all of that in mind, as the Gardner White Furniture President, uh, Rachel Stewart, 110-year-old family business, for that and more, we are happy to bestow upon you this 2023 Women Who Lead Honor for Rachel Stewart. Congratulations, Rachel. We continue on WJR. Quick note, uh, Michelle Murphy uh, wanted me to remind you, um, um, and in fact, uh, some of the very people that we've talked about today are on the committee for this uh, wonderful event that's happening for Variety, the children's charity. 
uh, and that would include uh, Rosalie Vacari. Matter of fact, the Max Mara event that is happening tomorrow from 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, for Variety. Max Mara, the Somerset Collection, and they have added now not only all their wonderful clothing that was a part of it, but now also for kids, the limited edition Teddy Collection for children age 5 to 12. Is that 5 or 3? It's such small print. It's age 5, I guess, 5 to 12 in that ballpark. So young, who knows? Uh, But anyway, it's a big fundraiser for Variety. It's tomorrow. You can go to the Max Mara Somerset Collection uh, and get the information. Thank you for that, Michelle Murphy, and all the people who are involved with that, including Mike Kim. Um, and, uh, and as I mentioned, Rosalie Vicari, too. We are very happy to introduce our final awardee for today in our 2023 Women Who Lead. Please welcome Common Ground President and Chief Executive Officer Heather Ray. Heather, congratulations. God bless you for the work that you do on a regular basis. I know about Common Ground. We've all heard about Common Ground. Uh, You have a a commitment to the vision and values of this 24-hour crisis service agency, and you help nearly 100,000 youth every year. Tell our listeners and our happy folks here at Joe Muir's about Common Ground. Common Ground, as you mentioned, a crisis services organization. And what that means is we are in the community through mobile crisis teams going to people's homes or wherever they may be in need of uh, crisis intervention. We have a walk-in crisis center that where we have services. Uh, we have virtual care provided through our virtual behavioral health urgent care. Um, we have phone calls and we will be launching Uh, more text and chat services uh, later this year. So really, we want to be available through every mode where people need us and where they need help. And I I want to make that very clear. Um, We're talking about suffering from grief, abuse, addiction, thoughts of suicide, any kind of impairment to a, a, a natural, healthy life. And though I think pretty much we all know 911 pretty well. We have an emergency. You have a fire. You have somebody breaking into your home. I hate to even say all the things, but 911 is the number to call. But there's a new number on the block that we've told our listeners about, but they don't know it as well. And it's 988. Talk to me about 988, Heather Ray, and, and maybe the role Common Ground had in making sure that came about. Yeah, I would encourage your listeners to add 988 as a contact in their phone. Whether they need to call, they can text or chat or share it with a friend or family member. But as you said, if there is a mental health substance use emergency where the person um, is in crisis and they need immediately help, uh, need immediate help, right. 24 hours a day, they can call, text, or chat, and they will talk to someone who's highly trained to intervene. And this came about, it was about a year and a half ago, when nationwide there was a rollout of 988. And in the state of Michigan, um, for the most part, Common Ground is answering those calls. And as you said, those calls are a very high number, uh, 140,000 calls uh, last year. Wow. Just for 988 in the state of Michigan. Wow. We have, we have the sixth um, highest volume in the country for answering calls of people in crisis. And we have the second highest or fastest answer rate. We're very proud of that. Well, good for you. And and look, this had to come about in many ways because, unfortunately, there was no other number to call but 911. And we've heard so many stories, story after story. We've had to report them and talk about them, where a family member calls the police because a family member is having a mental health crisis. And oftentimes... It goes bad. It goes south. And all of a sudden, you've got the family crying. Why did I even call the police? Now this loved one is dead or whatever. But the police aren't trained to be mental health care workers. They're trained to come upon a scene with very little information other than someone's brandishing a gun or a knife or doing something and threatening to kill people. And they react the way police react. So do you go to the 988 number 
when you in the past would have gone to the 911? How do you know when it's 988 you should be calling rather than 911? Yeah, if it's a life-threatening emergency right now, and like you said, you need ambulance, police, that would be 911. But there's another alternative, and you were getting at that when you were talking about people with mental health crises. They don't react well oftentimes to a police officer who's trying to help them, right. and things get, get escalated pretty And quickly. it's a horrible situation for the police as well. That's right. That's right. So those who call 988, which is what we're recommending, 988 in our state is um, connected to each of the mobile crisis teams across the state and the continuum of crisis services that are local to a community. And the 988 dispatcher person can um, handle the, the call, try to get that person into a space where they will accept help, they're feeling a little bit better, but they still need someone, social worker type person, to arrive at their door. And we have mobile crisis teams that can do that, Common Ground does, in Oakland County and in Genesee County, but other providers across the state can as well. All right, commonground.org, or how do people reach out? It's www.commonground.org. I, I, I mean to help out. Okay, www, the famous three Ws, commonground.org. Helps.org. Helps.org. That's not the emergency. That's when you want to get involved and help Common Ground. So with that thought in mind, we bestow our last 2023 Women Who Lead honor to the President and Chief Executive Officer, Heather Ray of Common Ground. Congratulations, Heather. Thank you. God bless you for that. And let's play a little music behind me and say congratulations to Pamela Ahe Thomas, Caitlin Riney, Heidi Kassab, Lenora Hardy Foster, Rachel Lutz, Dr. Nishta Serene, Rachel Stewart, and Heather Ray. And thanks to Ann Thomas for coming up with this great idea a long time ago. Dave Rieger, Brian Morton, Rich Lazinski. Danielle Mason, Ray Templin, Ron Smergan, and all the other WJR team that were here. Tomorrow, it's going to be a forum that you listen to on the radio with Tom Middlebrun and Jason Head of NECA. I join you there tomorrow from the Capitol Grill. Regards, Paul W. Smith.